0: Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. How are you doing, 11? Doing good? Doing good. I'm excited to share the word with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm gonna ask that you stand too and remain standing in honor of reading of the word of God if you are able to be able to stand we'd love for you too. Ephesians chapter six, we're gonna continue in our sinning series, sinning, our series, winning where it matters. Winning where it matters. How great was that message last week from Pastor Danny? Come on. The power of your voice. My favorite line was the word of God, and your mouth is just as powerful as the word of God in God's mouth because it's his word. Amen. Amen. Learning to prophesy and declare over your situation what the Word of God says. We're going to continue in this winning where it matters. And uh, what I'm doing is I'm going to lay the foundation for Hear the Sound coming up in about a week and a half. Spiritually as a church, the battleground that we're stepping into. And I've been using this verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. And we'll go into the armor of God maybe a little bit next week. if. You want me to maybe pray into that a little bit more. There's a few different directions I'm asking where God wants us to go next week, but for this week, uh, God's basically wanting us to understand the spiritual battle that's going on around us on a daily basis and where it origin or originates from, and what is our role in it. And so we read in Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. It says, "Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God." So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, say our struggle, is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your mother in law. It's not against that church member. It's not against your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ. It's not against the government. It's not against the school system. It's not against your employer. It's not against your employees. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Say dark world. Dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Where? In the heavenly realms. So not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces. Some translations use principalities of this dark world in the heavenly realms. And I want to be able to help the church understand the idea of the spiritual cosmic battle that is going on right here as we are gathering at Ralston High School that is going on while you are asleep at night that is going on over your life, over your purpose, over this city, over this nation, over this world I want to be able to help our church understand that in the part that we play so that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking if you're taking notes write this down I see a light the land i see a light in the land this is a dark world at times but i can tell you prophetically what i see in omaha nebraska is a light in the land let's pray father god we thank you for your word would you speak through your servant this morning god i pray that you would open our ears to hear you open our eyes that we would see you uh we're going to be preaching a lot of scripture today god so i pray that it would not bounce off of one ear and out of the other god but i thank you your word does not return void, but accomplishes the purpose for which you sent it. So let it be so, Lord. Right now, church, if you're hungry for the word of God, would you open up your hands and say these words after me? Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the word of God this morning. Hey, let's put our hands together for our worship team. How great was that worship this morning? Come on. Oh, they're already gone. They're they're gone. they, They can still hear us. Shout them down. Shout them down one more time. Come on. All right, you can be seated. And as you're sitting, give someone a high five next to you and say, You're the light. You are the light. You are the light. I see a light in the land. I see a light. I'm going to be diving through a lot of scriptures today. So if you're not taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. Uh, I'm basically going to have the Bible preach my message. I'm not going to really preach the message as much as the Bible is just going to preach it for me. And so I'm really looking forward to that. But I don't have time to dive into all the different scriptures, uh, but I'll dive into them really quick. So if you write down the references or re-listen to the podcast, you'll be able to uh, pick all them up. What I'm going to have is I'm going to share a story. This story is the narrative of this cosmic battle that is going on around us in the heavenly realms. Paul alludes to it in Ephesians 6 He talks about the spiritual authorities and the powers in in this dark world. But even before Ephesians 6, Paul's alluding to the spiritual battle that's going on around us. And we see it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. He says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air." air. What's he talking about? He's talking about atmospheric. He's talking about air. There's an atmospheric ruler over the air, the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at work now in those who are disobedient. So Paul is what he's doing. He's laying the foundation before he talks about it in Ephesians 6, the rulers and the powers of this dark world. He's saying people used to follow this. The kingdom of the air, we read about this in Daniel, about the power of the prince of Persia, which I'll be able to go into next week. I'm going to be talking more in depth with this idea of territorial spiritual authorities, geographical spiritual authorities that are placed in dominion over certain regions of the earth. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit more next week. And our part that we play, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of a prelude. Daniel prayed, and his prayer was answered, but he was held up by a principality that was over the land. So I'm just going to give you a little prelude next week. We're going to be talking about that and our role as a church. But in Ephesians 2, he's taught, Paul's talking about that. He says, you used to follow these things. And some people still do. And they follow the ruler of the, the kingdom of the air. And what I need you to understand is that there's darkness. Say darkness. Okay, that was weak sauce. There's darkness. Say darkness. Say it with a little gloomy undertone. Say darkness. Darkness. <laughs> there's darkness. And then say this, Light. Okay, one more time. Say darkness, light. Darkness, light. There's a battle going on. And it's the battle between darkness and light is how the Bible describes it. It's a battle between darkness and light. There's a spiritual heavenly host that are dark. There's spiritual heavenly hosts that are light. They represent the most high God, Yahweh. They're spiritual of the darkness. And they represent anything that is in opposition to God's plan here on earth, The devil also has his minions. The devil has his little, his little commanders and captains and demons that he likes to send around to try to disrupt the plans and the purposes of the Lord in your life and in the church. And we read about how this happened, and we won't pull it up quite yet, but we initially read about this rebellion that happened during the Tower of Babel. In Genesis chapter 11, we read about people uniting together, and they're building a big tower. God wanted them to scatter amongst the earth, and he said, hey, these these people, they're not doing what I've asked them to do. So basically, God turned his back on humanity, and he says, let us go down, and let's confuse their languages. That's where they all got a a different tongue. They got a different language, English, Chinese, uh, English. Different, I don't know, give me differently. (laughs) I did English and Chinese, right? And all these different types of languages, uh, Germanic and French and Spanish, and all these different types of divisions that happen amongst humanity. And God basically entrusted his rulers, his kingdom, his heavenly hosts to rule over these areas because God said, Hey, I'm done right now with humanity. They're not listening to me. I'm going to give my heavenly beings the responsibility of carrying over the nations. And we find that they did not rule righteously, but they actually turned the nations to worship themselves rather than the one forever to be praised. His name is Jesus. His name is Yahweh. He's the king of all kings, the lord of all lords. Right? So these principalities, these rulers over the nations, over the land, turned the people to worship themselves rather than pointed the people to the one true God. And we find this in Deuteronomy chapter 38, 32, verse 8. It gives a description of this, that when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he's talking about the Tower of Babel, he fixed the borders, he fixed the land, he fixed the ground. Say land. Say ground. He fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. But the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is his allotted inheritance don't let this confuse you when i talk about the lord the most high god and then it talks about the sons of god right here this is a capital elohim this is the one true god that's why in the in the hebrew is listed as capital elohim the lord above all lords the sons of god sons of god is lowercase elohim it's heavenly beings NLT translation has a right. The ESV translation has a right. If you're reading in the NIV, you might have a little note in the bottom that talks about the Dead Sea Scrolls and how this has it translated. Some have it translated Sons of Israel, but we're finding out as the church is that that's a probably an improper translation of the term. And it's actually supposed to be the heavenly host. God entrusted the nations. To the heavenly host, that's principalities, that's rulers, that's authorities in this dark world. And we found that they did not do well. They didn't turn the people towards the Lord, Yahweh. They actually turned the people towards themselves. And we find that in Psalms 82. It says, God presides in the great assembly. This is the great heavenly courtroom. God presides over it. He renders judgment amongst the gods. These are the lower heavenly beings. He's judging them. He's saying, how long will you defend the unjust? What is that? That's darkness. Darkness over a land. And show partiality to the wicked. He's talking to these, these unrighteous heavenly beings that have not ruled properly. He said, defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Then he goes on and says, the gods know nothing. They understand nothing. These lesser heavenly beings understand nothing. They walk about where? In darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are the sons of the Most High. Basically, I said, you're heavenly beings. You're sons of my creation. But you will die like mere mortals. You'll die like the angels the heavenly beings that have been ruling inappropriately will die like we do. You will die like mere mortals. You will fall like every other ruler. And then the psalmist goes in and says, Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. So we see this dilemma of God entrusting the worlds, the, the nations of this world, the ground, the land to these heavenly beings that have rebelled against God and have not ruled righteously. Amen. We see all these people that are rebelling, these angels that are rebelling and not ruling righteously. And so God's like, hey, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to step in in the middle and do something about this. So that's where we get Jesus stepping in the middle of darkness, right? So all these people going around, there's darkness over the earth, and God says, all right, what do we find? And go back to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 9. Who is this allotted inheritance? Jacob, his allotted inheritance. God says, I'm going to make a people for my name. And of whom, that's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of whom Jesus, the Messiah, is going to come through. Jesus being the light of the world. Do you see this darkness and light that is taking place? This battle that is going on. We read in Matthew chapter 4, 16, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawn, I can tell you, I see a light in the land. I see a light in the land. Jesus stepped in in the middle of darkness, saying, hey, there's a new ruler. There's a new king on the throne. Isaiah 42, 16 says, I will lead the blind by the ways they have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. It's not just a song, my friend. This is the prophetic of God saying, I will bring the light before them Isaiah 60 verse 1 says arise shine what's he saying wake up for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you who you me he says wake up the Lord is going to shine his light and it's going to rise upon you we are to be the image bearers of Christ's light John chapter 1 verse 4 says in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, that's a good amen right there. Throw it on the end of that. The light has not overcome it. Have you ever been in a dark room? The light's all turned out. You went to go to bed and you realize you left the closet light on. So you go to turn off the closet light and you open up the door and your wife says why'd you turn on the light I didn't turn on the light I just opened the door and the light overcame the darkness that's exactly how it is when Jesus stepped into a dark world and shined the light can I tell you the light will always prevail you're on the winning side the light will always prevail Jesus was the light that shines in the darkness. Colossians 2.15 talks about these heavenly hosts. He says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, these spiritual forces, Jesus, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing triumphing over them by the cross. That was an affront to the spiritual rulers of this world, Jesus dying on the cross outside the gates of Jerusalem. He's saying you've been ruling wickedly, unjustly, I'm about to take my nations back. Or as Liv shared last service, I'm not sure if she shared this service, but like God's taking the battle. The battle's his. It's not yours. It's his. First Corinthians 2.8 says, none of the rulers, translated princes, powers of the air, none of the princes, none of the rulers of this age, the age of darkness, understood it, Jesus dying on the cross. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know what God was up to. God wove it throughout scripture, throughout Isaiah, through Ezekiel, through all different types of scriptures of what he was going to do. But the spiritual forces had no idea because if they did, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. And so we find out God's redemption plan and we read in Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Jesus appeared to Paul, and Paul's kind of given his testimony. It's important to give your testimony, by the way, as a story that God is writing, not that it's written already because your life's not done. So it's the myths. It is your story that he is writing. So I encourage you, if you ever share your testimony, to share, this is what God is doing in my life. Because he's going to continue to keep doing new things. And so Acts chapter 26, Paul is sharing his testimony to a king over the land, King Agrippa. He's saying what Jesus said to him, I sent you to open their eyes, the people of this world, so that they may turn where? From darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God. What's he talking about? Two different forces. He's talking about darkness and he's talking about light. Dominion of Satan to God. Darkness to light. That's what Paul has, God has commissioned Paul to do, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. This is Jesus talking to Paul, and Paul's giving his testimony, right? So he's describing that God has sent his son to help turn people from the dominion of Satan to God, to the light, from the darkness to the light. Ephesians 1.20 says that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. This is that great assembly that we were talking about in Psalm 82. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come and god placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way so god placed everything under his feet under jesus's feet so these rulers were over these nations these principalities these these dark forces were over these nations the Bible says that Jesus, everything has been placed under his feet. But we also read in Hebrews 2.8, eight talks about how everything's not quite placed under his feet yet. Because the kingdom is steadily advancing. The gates won't prevail. The kingdom is going to steadily advance. But how is it going to advance? We have an indication. And don't miss this pivot here. Otherwise, you're going to get thrown off the roller coaster. You're going to miss where we're going. It's the church. Throw that verse back. Is it still up there? Verse 22 of Ephesians 1. All things appointed every, over everything for the church. Appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church. For the church. For the church. Ephesians 3.10 says, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to who the rulers and authorities where, in the heavenly realms. There's a spiritual battle going on, and God is using the church as his ambassadors, his weapons in this fight. You are used to make known to the heavenly realms, those spiritual forces, those dark things covering the earth, those principalities, you are being used right now by Jesus Christ to make known to them who God is and that there's a new king on the throne. You're being used as the church right now to make known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Paul says eventually that we're going to be the one judging angels. We read that in 1 Corinthians 6. These beings, we are going to be the ones judging them. We are the representation of God taking back the nations here on earth. We do that through the presence of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? This is referring to the gathering of the saints, the church coming together, that God's spirit is resting right here because we are here. There's a spiritual battle going on even right now, and this is claimed. Because we are gathering together, the Spirit of God is resting. Where does the Spirit of God, where did it used to rest before Jesus died on the cross? In the temple. The temple was known as the holy, the holy place, holy ground. This was God's domain. So right now as a church, us gathering together, the Spirit of God is resting in this place. It's also resting in you and me if you believe to follow Jesus. It says, 1 Corinthians six nineteen says... Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So there's the dwelling of the midst of the gathering and the spirit living in the individual. This is God's way of taking back the nations through his church that he can demonstrate to the ruling powers of the air that there's a new king on the throne. Ephesians 2.19 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, God's people, a people of the light, his household, God's sons, God's daughters. He's wanting to rule and reign back here on earth through his people who are made in his image, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as a chief cornerstone. To him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So here we have an age of darkness, and God shining a light right in the middle. We see the world's divided through, the, through, through Babel, and God entrusting the nations to rule over the people, and they don't rule properly. And God's saying, okay, well, I'm going to set aside a people, Jacob, my allotted inheritance, of whom the light of the world is going to shine through The world was divided at Babel. Jesus dies on the cross. Pentecost happens. One language, one tongue is brought again to unite the people back together. To what? Reclaim that which was ultimately truly His. The nations, the worlds, this cosmic geological battle that's going on around us. God is using His church to reclaim territory. It's not about being the resistance my friend. The church is not the resistance. Please believe the church is not retreating. The church is not holding back. No, the church is is the reformation needed here right now on this earth the church is the light of the world we are meant to shine it in the darkness we're not retreating i feel like mel gibson and the Patriot. no retreating hold the line hold the line we're not hiding we're advancing we're not meant to shelter in place This isn't a tornado shelter. We don't need to hide from the devil. We don't need to hide from the world. Oh Jesus, I'm just praying until you come back. One day, Jesus is gonna come back. Yes, he will come back, but not as just snatching people away from defeat, but establishing victory in this earth. He's returning as a king. That's the role of the church. It's Pentecost. He united us for a reason. This is him reestablishing rulership from the dark forces that did not rule properly. And he does it through the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, that dwells in him, that dwells in us as we gather together. We are the place where God dwells. The same presence of God that dwell the temple in the Old Testament is the same presence that lives in you, that lives in me. First Corinthians 5 talks about this, that we know that if this earthly tent, our body is lived, we live in, is destroyed. We have a building from God an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. But meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Why? Because this body is subject to sin. I have back pain and it hurts. We all got back pain in here. Right? Back pain. One day we're gonna have a perfect body. Amen. Where there's no more pain. You can bend over and you can pick stuff up. (laughs) One day. But right now, Paul refers to us as a tent. Skinny is a Greek word. Very similar of skino. It's the same line and lineage of the Greek words, which is tent, which is also used to describe, get this the tabernacle. The tabernacle in the Old Testament, God set aside a people for himself, delivered them out of Egypt, gave the 10 commandments and gave them the instructions for the tabernacle. Said this is where I will dwell. The nations had the entire earth and God had a little tent, but God had a plan. God had a little tent. This is where I want to dwell. I want to dwell amongst my people. I don't want to rule over all these insubordinate and all these different people that are rebelling and all these different principalities. All the, I want to find my people for myself that are called by my name. I'm going to redeem the world through that. So he sets apart a tent. And we read about this. Guys, this is phenomenal. When we read about Stephen's testimony of this tent, Stephen is talking about right before he got stoned to death. Stephen understood this idea of God's presence permeating throughout the entire earth. And I don't have it for you for the screen, but I have it in in Acts chapter 7 verse 44. He says, our forefathers had the tabernacle of the testimony with them in the desert. It had been made as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. Having received the tabernacle, our fathers under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations God drove out before them. They took the what? the land. We're talking about dominion. We're talking about geology. We're talking about ground. I see a light in the land. He's saying the tabernacle went with them. But now we find that the curtain of the temple has been torn and that power lives in you to be a representative of the presence of God taking back the nations for the name of Christ. Do you see it? You're a tent. Of which God's presence is residing in. It takes a whole different other meaning when you hear Matthew 20, 18 says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. You see it? So here we are as a church. When you gather together for Bible study at that coffee shop, you think that you're just getting together to talk, but you're actually taking part in spiritual warfare. You think when you go into work and you're going to be a firefighter, you're not stepping in just getting another paycheck. No, 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 you're stepping in and you're entering into a different dominion. Everywhere where you place your foot, what's it say in Joshua and Deuteronomy? There I will give you because my presence resides in you. Everywhere believers go is holy ground. In your home, that's your dominion. God wants you to reign. He says, he asked Adam and Eve to have dominion over the earth, but we surrendered it. We gave it away. Jesus got it back and he calls us to walk in it. He's saying, so go out into all the world. What does it say in the Great Commission? Go out into all the nations teaching and baptizing. What is that? That's a reclamation of territory. Everywhere you go, you are called to bring the presence of the Holy Spirit there. Why? As a sign to those in the spiritual realm that there's a new king on the throne. So you're stepping in, and the spiritual realm's watching. And they know who you represent. You represent Christ in you, the hope of glory. We continue, and that's why it's important for you to choose a side. Because wherever believers gather, the spiritual ground they occupy is sanctified amid the powers of darkness. You got to choose a side. That's why it's so important for you to get baptized. Baptized. If you haven't get baptized, we read out Peter. It's a clear conscience towards God. It is a declaration of who you follow. Not to the world necessarily, but to the principalities and the darkness and the rulers of this era. You, This is the side that you're on. We read about that in Peter's. Not for a good conscience, a cleansing of the sin, but actually a good conscience, which is a declaration to saying, I'm on this side. I'm on this side. In just a moment, towards the end of this message, we'll give you the opportunity to be able to declare that with your mouth. If you profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We'll do that at the end of this service. We do that almost every single Sunday because we're going to continue to add people to God's family, to be God's sons and God's daughters, that we would rule with him. The Bible says that we will rule with Christ. So we continue to add people to God's family. Colossians 1.12 says, in giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light, the inheritance. For he has rescued us, where? From the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, and whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 5.8 says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. What are you saying? Walk as children of the light, the image bearers in the midst of darkness. First Thessalonians 5, 4 says, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. It says to be a light. For me, what this message really does is help me put away those little petty things I find in church. That we're actually claiming back territory lost. So what the devil tries to do is he tries to distract the church through petty little things. Did you know like the organ used to be a big problem in church? That's the devil's music. For all I know is everything was created by God for God. And we're called to redeem that for his purposes. So music is for the glory of God. What people choose to do with it is up to them. And if I want to take an instrument of Gath like David did a Philistine Canaanite instrument to worship the Lord with it I'm gonna do that I'm gonna worship the Lord with that I'm not gonna let the world define what can be used for God's glory and what can't be I'm gonna lift up my voice my tongue I'm gonna profess for his name you know what we're not gonna go around and saying oh you can't have any beer Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Pastors get distracted. Beers, that's not apostolic. That's not the anointing. Bro, you are missing it. Oh, the music. It's not loud enough. I don't hear that at our church. It's too loud, right? Come on, we're going to war, right? So are we getting distracted by these little things? Oh, he had had rips in his jeans. He wore camouflage jeans. I couldn't see his legs on the stage, they were gone. It helps me put away all this. As a church, what we are doing right now is we are pushing back the darkness by choosing to gather. And some of you, and some of you listening on this podcast are susceptible to the devil's schemes to get you to not gather. Because he knows if he can get you to not gather, he can keep the kingdom of light from advancing. So to understand that thing in the back of your head isn't always you. And he'll try to get little things. Oh, they didn't look at me properly. I had a great conversation with a friend just last week. And he was talking to me. Hey, when you were over at the house the other day, you just didn't seem like you wanted to be there. Like, I'm sorry, man. I was really going through something just a few hours before I had a really hard phone call. And my mind was still there. I'm sorry that I wasn't present. But what will happen is the devil will use that to say, hey, he doesn't care about you. He doesn't even want to be there. Right? Because if he can divide the church, he can stall the kingdom from advancing. So whether we gather at Ralston High School or we gather at Gene Leahy Mall, the light is going to advance. We're going to gather together as the church. So what is it? Put off all that stuff. All that sin that so easily entangles you, all that stuff, all those petty arguments, put aside, coarse joke. Like Paul's talking about this throughout Scripture. Like the Bible's full of this stuff. Like all that stuff, you know, like gossip and like all that stuff, like sexual morality. Like put that aside, guys. Like there's a bigger battle going on. So let's join the fight. And so we can go and we can worry about all this. And, oh, that person has a spirit of Jezebel on them. We'll pray for them. You really think they have the, I can't believe how many times I've heard that in my life in Omaha, Nebraska, the spirit of Jezebel. But what I've realized, the spirit of Jezebel is organizational. It's not atmospheric. It's not principality. It's organizational. Baal was more of occupational. Principalities are occupational. Jezebel allowed Baal to be worshiped, Organizational. And if churches focus on organizational, which the devil loves, they will never put their attention towards the occupational, which is the atmospheric. And I tell you, as a church, I'm going to put aside petty things. I'm not going to have those stupid little arguments of, of little things. Some people want to talk. I want to talk to you, Pastor, about this, 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 this one thing that you said about the church. And uh, Did I misspeak? I probably did. I misspeak all the time, right? That there's just little petty things. As a church, we are the kingdom of light coming together. We don't need to focus on those little things. Let's put those things aside. That's why Jesus was so about unity. Guys, there's a bigger war going on. And we could talk about hair, and we could talk about beards. That was all cultural stuff. And we can have those conversations that he's talking about in Corinthians, and Peter's talking about you know, makeup and, and, and putting on earrings and all that stuff. To me, that's all secondary to what's really going on. The devil would love to get you out of church. The devil would love to get you out of prayer. The devil would love to get you from reading the Bible. The devil would love, why? Because there is an advancement of the kingdom of light, and it happens through you. So you got to put off those little things. Romans 13, 11, it says, do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. What's he saying? Come on, snap out of it. Like, wake up, church. Hmm. I'm reminded of a story that happened in Seattle. You guys remember that area called Chad? Chaz? I can't remember what it stood for, Chopper, something like that, right? And there was this church. It's a great video on YouTube about spiritual warfare. I'd encourage you to listen to it. He said, I didn't understand spiritual warfare until COVID. And there's a guy coming around, and he was throwing rocks through our windows and breaking them. And I'm like, oh, I, I, you know, spiritual warfare, this guy's attacking our church. And, you know, I understand it. And then he, all the churches got attacked on that block. And he went up to one church. I can't believe, you know, the devil's really attacking our church. And they're like, I don't know if that was the devil. So what are you talking about? He said, he was saying something when he was throwing rocks. pastor goes, what was he saying? He was yelling, wake up. And he just kept yelling, wake up. He's throwing these windows. He's breaking these windows. He's yelling at the churches, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. And I think the churches may, many at times are guilty of going around, going through the motions. I, we do, I love our church. We do three songs, sometimes four songs. We have a prayer. We have a system. We have a structure, right? All that stuff is important. All that stuff is secondary, if we come to the church one time and Austin's just going to sing with his beautiful his beautiful voice, he's going to lead us in worship, so be it. Right. If we're going to pray, if we're going to pray for healing for people, we're going to anoint people, we're going to do it. We're rallying together as the church for an hour and a half every Sunday. Every Sunday. I love revivals. Those are all great. My city church is still meeting every Sunday. The church is what advances the kingdom of light. Revivals can spark, but the church is what takes ground. I'm talking spiritual ground. Right, you're just letting me minister right now, so that's good. All right, wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. We talked about the armor of God. We might go into that next week and talk about wearing the armor of God and taking your stand against the devil. But first, got to put on the armor of light. Put that armor of light on, knowing who you represent, knowing whose side that you're on. He says that the night is nearly over. During Hear the Sound in a week and a half, we're going to be singing a song that I believe is going to be a pivotal moment in this city. And it's a declaration more than it is a song. I specifically told the team, I want to play this song. The team has introduced it. This is Eli's song. (laughs) Right? I want this song played because of what it declares. And it says these lines in the song. It says, I've got a feeling the darkness won't last very long. I've got a feeling the darkness won't last very long. And then it goes into a part that's a declare that I believe right there we're going to see some kind of shift in the atmosphere spiritually. And it's going to sing, let a sleeping world awaken. I believe that that is going to be a moment when the church of Omaha wakes up to the battle that is going on around them. That's what I'm calling the church to do. That's what I'm calling our church to do. And I believe we are called to lead the way. Whether it's my city church representing at the Gene Leahy Mall in a week and a half, or dozens and dozens of churches that are also there, I believe that it is going to be a pivotal point in our city where the nations are going to take notice. There's a light. In Omaha would you stand to your feet I didn't nearly shout as much as I did the last service y'all got the the reserve side of me right so he says that I felt like I, I wrote this down so I didn't forget um, he talks about children of the light God is wanting to reunite the families and the devil's been trying to de- destroy the nuclear family and God's saying, I'm going to reunite the family. So, some of you all have brothers and sisters that are far from the Lord. Some of you have kids. Some of you have parents. Can I tell you that it is the Lord's will for them to be children of light? So, God needs you. He's wanting you to stand in the gap on behalf of them. Be that person. We read about all these petitions going before the Lord. We read about the dark powers of this world going before the Lord. We can read that in Job. We can read that in 1 Kings. We can read about all that stuff happening. 2 Kings, sorry. 2 Kings. All these different petitions going before the Lord. And we have access to his throne too. I'm getting into myself. Next week is, is going to be phenomenal. So make sure that you're here. I want to close with just one last scripture verse on what we're called to do as a church. In Psalm 107, there's different passages I'm taking, it, but I'm starting in Psalm 107. Verse 2 calls us to be the light to the world, to wear that armor of light. It said, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Some sat in darkness, in other darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. That's where our world is at. That's where you used to be. That's where I used to be. Some of you actually might still be in it you need deliverance, you need to be set free. Because the devil still has his hold on you. And you can call out to the Lord, because he says he's came to set the captive free. But we saw in the world was in darkness. So I'm going to ask the team just to give a representation of what that darkness was like. And They're going to turn off the lights. It was dark. The world was dark. We find that Jesus came to a dark world. He shined a light. Light didn't seem like much. But that light wasn't just supposed to be one light. It was supposed to be lights. So I'm going to ask you right now to pull out your phone. Let's light up this room. And turn your flashlight on is what that means. <laughs> Amen. Let there be light, right? So now, people that don't have the light can see, which before they couldn't. And when the church lights its light together, which we're going to do, hear the sound, and my city church will perpetually be and in and throughout this city, we're going to see that the, the rest will light up. So they'll turn on the lights behind me. You'll see that now, once the world was once in darkness, it's now in the light. And I tell you, that's what we are called to do as the church. Let your light shine. And I'm here not to just have a message. We're not having here the sound just because we're having some type of fancy little worship night. No, we're here to declare to the city of Omaha and its surrounding areas that I see a light. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain coming to this city. And God will respond to the prayers and the praises of his people. This world has been living in darkness. Then we read in Psalm 107, verse 10, it says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. Verse 14 says, He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. We're having a worship night, a week and a half. And I'm not just building up this night. I'm not saying it's anything, right? Like, I believe it's a turning point for our city prophetically. I believe this is going to be a night that the light shines. I'm not here just to put on a worship show. I'm here to say, hey, everyone whose chains were broken. It's about time we let the world know the King that which we serve. Let's lift up the name of Jesus in the middle of our city, in the middle of downtown Omaha, during arguably one of the biggest days our city has each and every single year I believe that as a church we are called to represent the light of Jesus in a dark world and as we lift up the name of Jesus as we declare his praises as we glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords I believe that heaven will take note and the atmosphere around Omaha will begin to shift and we'll begin to claim back Territory, the nations of the earth, Omaha, Nebraska, will be a nation, a city after the heart of God. I declare it. I believe it. We're gonna see it happen. So take no church We are going to represent the light of the world. On June 16th. Come on, let's lift up our praise this morning. Come on, there's power in the name. There is power in. Come on, you don't gotta worry. You don't gotta fear about the dark forces. Power. Power Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.